HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes, we're taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider. Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States. From the science of fermentation. So yeast, it's a fungus. It's a unicellular fungus. To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider, and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts. To the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Jean-Luca Bizol. We'll talk to Jean-Luca about Prosecco and Bizol. We'll taste a few Bizols that Jean-Luca was kind enough to bring in for our weekly wine sip. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Jean-Luca Bazol is the president and CEO of Bazol Prosecco Superiore in Valdobbiani Conigliano in the Treviso Veneto region of Northeast Italy. That's yes. a that's a mouthful. Uh, the Bazol family dates back five centuries to 1542 and 21 generations, and produces sought-after proseccos of the highest quality. Welcome to the Great Nation, Jean-Luca. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, everybody. And uh, I'm very, very happy to be here. And uh, ciao to everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a nice hello. Um, 
I want people to know you a little better. So can you give us a little background on your journey in life and wine that got you to running the family business? How'd you get there? Yeah. I I born in the vineyard. My house is inside the vineyard. Okay. I live in a hill in Valdobbiadene that uh, is a beautiful area. I suggest all of you to visit this place because it's only one hour from Venice, the mm. beautiful city of uh, on the water in uh, in Italy, and so you can enjoy the city of Venice, and in one hour to arrive in these uh, wonderful hills that from uh, around Tremont uh, uh, become uh, heritage of UNESCO, so ah. one of the best places. It'll be a UNESCO region. Yeah. Yes, exactly. very nice. So I lived there, and from when I was child i was in in the winery in the all the afternoon after the school because uh, my grandmom bring me around the winery and uh, my father bring me to to see the vineyard my uncle also and my other uncle the winemaker also so i i saw everything about uh, the winery and the vineyard in my life and i fall in love with this uh, this activity and uh, I, 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 from when I was very, very small, like five years, uh, I always know exactly what I had to do in my life. So to promote uh, the hard work of generation in these hills uh, around the world. And this is what I do in the last 30 so years. So at a young age, you knew you were going to come yes. back or stay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now you went, did you go off to college or? Yes, after I study um, economy because my father was, uh, suggested me to, to, to study economy because if you have a winery, you have also to manage very well, like uh, it's a company, sure. it's a big investment. Sure. And uh, so I studied in Venice, a beautiful city for four years. And after I studied also in another um, in another university, I studied communication and soci- sociology. Uh, so I had a great opportunity to, to grow with the culture of economy and the culture of hum- humanity and the so- social, social uh, question. Uh, so I, my, my, my aim is to, to preserve what we do in the nature. So I'm very sensible to the the vineyard to the nature and uh, I do everything for maintain this tradition and maintain the sustainability of uh, our winery. So at what point did you ascend to the position of running the whole <laughs> you know winery? How long have you been doing that? Ah, I, I work in the winery from uh, 1987. Okay. Uh, and uh, at the beginning, I do production. I work everything. in the vineyard, everything. Uh, the winery was very small. Uh, also, if it's if a winery that have a long tradition, 21 generation, I'm the 21st generation. Right. So 500 years. But uh, uh, the Prosecco uh, of Aldobiadene, Prosecco Superiore, was uh, a local uh, product for the mar- local market. We, saw, we sell the bottle, like all the other producers, uh, in Veneto region, a little bit in Milan, a little bit in Rome, the capital of, of Italy, and a lot of uh, bottle in Venice, for sure, for, because the tourists love uh, to drink a Prosecco under the, the Tower of Venice. Right. <laughs> and uh, after this, uh, I learned a lot, and uh, after 10 years, my father 
was involved in the consortium, so leave me the opportunity to, to manage the winery. And uh, so from this, I start uh, to, to, to work very hard uh, also in, in the management of the winery and the investment in new vineyard, investment in new machinery for the bottling line. Modernization? Also, exactly, modernization, right. because uh, uh, you know that uh, Prosecco is a very delicate wine, very, very sensible to the to any kind of, uh, of uh, wrong choice. So you need uh, to protect uh, him like a small baby. You got to get it right. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise. So we, use, uh, we, 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 buy, we invest in a lot of uh, uh, steel tank. Uh, that is the best uh, way to maintain the, the, the flavor, uh, the cold temperature, and the bottling machine that avoid the oxygen to, to, mm. the, to damage the, the wine. Mm. Um, let me ask you this. And you're probably not going to agree with it, but, and I don't necessarily agree with it either, but I get a sense that people feel this way. Why doesn't Prosecco get the, the respect sometimes of other sparkling wines and certainly champagne? Now, that's, it's not a tough question for you because you make crew Proseccos, yes. but Prosecco in general, yes. it's probably come a long way, but why doesn't it... Why doesn't it get there? Do you agree with me a little? Yes. I'm always uh, work hard for uh, elevate the perception of uh, the Prosecco because uh, I know uh, that uh, in the market, uh, the people take the Prosecco like uh, a commodity, like uh, something like was the Chianti, for example. Right. Uh, Good example. 30 years ago. Uh, so not like, the best representation of the region. Exactly. Right. So uh, I'm I'm so sure that uh, we can change this perception because uh, in every tasting that I do, in every presentation that I do, in every trip that I do around the world in the markets, uh, every time that I meet someone and I taste my wines, my my prosecco superiore with them, everybody at the end tell, wow. I didn't know that Prosecco was so good. Thank you, Gianluca, because I didn't know. I always drink a, a normal Prosecco, but I tell also, yes, this is, uh, this is uh, for the Prosecco, but this is also for other wines. For example, I think Bordeaux. Bordeaux, there are bottles of Bordeaux that uh, have uh, a very cheap cost and cheap, uh, cheap quality, and there are Bordeaux that uh, is incredible. There is champagne that are commercial and champagne that are unique. So there is I a think space. It's, I think your point is well taken. In every, region, in every region, there are wines that are not so great and cheaper. And then exactly. they... But, uh, but I, I think Prosecco gets yeah. more attention towards you know the yeah. lower end. You are right, because uh, Prosecco didn't underline under now uh, that there are the best version of Prosecco, like uh, uh, there is in, in the best version of Champagne, the best version right. of Bordeaux, the best version of Chianti that wasn't 30 years ago. Right. Now we are building the perception of the best version of Prosecco Superiore, and we have everything for doing this. My family own uh, 20 plots only in the hills of Valtobiaden and Conegliano, and in these 20 plots we have five different kinds of soil. And we produce five different Prosecco Superiore from 100% of 
each of these five soils. Tell me some of the soils, like a clay. Yes, one is clay soil, uh, that is the crede, the most brute version that we produce. Crede is the name of one of the bottles. Yes, exactly. Another one is calcareous soil, is molera. Another one is marna soil, that is uh, Rive di Campea. Another one is uh, morenic soil, that is uh, relio. And another one is sand soil, that is cartizze. Okay. Now, that's the soil. Let's talk about the geography, because you talked about hills. Yeah. And there's something about Prosecco where the best Proseccos yes. are grown. In the on. hills. Why? Well, because uh, originally the Prosecco was uh, cultivated only in the hills, uh, in the hills of Baldobiadene, Conegliano, and Asolo. Uh, because uh, the grape that uh, created the Prosecco is a very sensible kind of grape. It's the Glera grape. And Stay with that. Yes. Because most people have no idea yes. what the grape in Prosecco yes. is. If you say to somebody Burgundy, they'll say Pinot, Bordeaux, yeah. Cabernet. Yeah, exactly. If you say Prosecco, they'll go, isn't it the Prosecco grape? Which is also right. But it's the Glera grape, G-L-E-R-A. Exactly. Tell me a little about that grape. It's indigenous to the area. What are yes. the qualities and characteristics? It's indigenous of the area. It's a very sensible grape. It's very sensible of the change of the soil, the change of altitude, the change of the microclima. The excursion of temperature are very important for this kind of grape because it's an aromatic grape. So if you, put the, if you plant your grape, this grape, in a hill in which you have a big excursion of temperature, you obtain a lot of flavor. If you plant this uh, uh, vine in a flat area with uh, not, not many excursion of temperature and uh, a normal uh, soil, the quality is good, but not very, very good. That's why the hills yes, produce exactly. the best grapes. So uh, this, uh, this wine, this sparkling wine, have uh, uh, big success in Italy in the 80s year and uh, not abroad until uh, the beginning of uh, the 90 years. But after, when it started to be sold abroad, the, the sales go up very, very fast. And uh, so at this moment, there was not enough Prosecco in the hills. So a lot of people uh, plant vineyard in the flat area of Veneto and Friuli. To stay up with demand? Yes, exactly. But uh, in this uh, uh, other areas uh, in the flat area, the denomination of the Prosecco is not the Prosecco Superiore of Valdobbiadene, Conegliano and Asolo, like uh, the historical Prosecco, but is simple Prosecco. Prosecco DOC. So there's, I guess there's a DOC and a DOCG. Those are organizations that, yes. how do you explain what yes. they are? So um, Prosecco DOCG, uh, Prosecco is is the Prosecco Superiore that you can find in the label. DOCG. DOCG. Right. Prosecco Superiore you find in the label and also the name of the big village of this area that are Valdobbiadene, Conegliano and Asolo. But if you don't find this name like Superiore, Valdobbiadene, Conegliano and Asolo, you have a simple Prosecco from the flat area of Veneto and Friuli. Every six bottle of Prosecco that are produced every year. Is Superiore? Superiore is only one. So five bottles are produced in the flat area of Veneto and Friuli. Is that 
does that reflect through the amount of hectares? There's way yeah, more exactly. hectares on the flats M- than more, on the hills. Yes. There so are, production. There, yeah, there was not enough space in the hills because in the hills we preserve also the nature. So we have a lot of woods. Uh, we have a, a very biodiversity. So the unique uh, uh, system to uh, allow the producer to 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 give the battle to the market was to plant in the flat area, but with a different denomination. So the vineyard that are in the flat area of Veneto and uh, Friuli that produce the normal Prosecco are vineyards that uh, didn't exist uh, 30 years ago. They was planted for, for uh, the demand of the market. So is all, is all of the... Prosecco made in the flatlands just commodity, or there are some good makers down there? Oh, there is uh, some exception because uh, uh, for sure is a flat area, but uh, there is uh, around three, four percent of this area that are in small hills in which you can arrive at, at uh, good quality, but never at the quality no. that you can arrive in Valdobbiadene. Tell me two more things. We talked about the soil. We talked about the grape. I want people to be able to close their eyes and understand where um, Prosecco is grown, where your vineyards are. You are located in the northeast of Italy, and your vineyards are influenced by two different sort of climate patterns. Yes. What are they? Yeah, we are... We are near the sea, about around 50 miles from the sea. So the sea... Adriatic? Adriatic Sea, Adriatic. that is the Sea of Venice. Right. So we are 50 miles from here, north of this, in the northeast of Italy. So in the part of Italy that is uh, south of Austria, and right. uh, in, the, in the right we have uh, Slovenia and Croatia. And uh, so we are, we are in this part, and... Uh, the hills are 50 miles from the sea, but also 50 miles from the Dolomites. This is the reason why also we have a wonderful expression of the flavor of the grape. Not only for thanks to the, the soil, but also thanks to this excursion of temperature, because you imagine that every day uh, the, the vines and the grapes bring the, 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 temp, the, the hair from the sea, that is a not not uh, very right. cold, and in the night uh, bring a very cold hair from the Dolomites that uh, create a lot uh, of excursion of temperature inside. Is that, I don't know if perfect's the right word, but is that perfect for growing, you know, the Glera grape and making exactly. Prosecco? Exactly. You this get is, all the is, proper influences? Yes, this is the, the reason why. So you have the, mountain and sea influence. Exactly. Um, you mentioned before um, that there was a demand for uh, Prosecco, so they started growing on the flat. When when did this popularity, when did all this happen? Not that long ago, right? No. I mean, the boom in Prosecco is 10 years less, a it, little no, more? No, it's, uh, it's around uh, 25 years. Okay. Uh, when, when I st- I, I'm, How I, and why did it happen? Did I, st- I'm a little bit responsible of this with I, other products. Because well, you need ambassadors and yeah. spokespeople, and yeah. you need to bring... When, when I, I remember when I went to London to sell to try to sell my, my Prosecco uh, in London, and uh, nobody wanted to buy because uh, the people didn't know Prosecco in 1989 in London. So I tried to convince uh, the impor- one importer to import my wine, but the nine importers that they met, uh, they tell me, You're sorry, crazy. 
There is no market for this, for this sparkling wine because here they drink only champagne. Okay, I tell, but if they drink champagne, they, I, I think that sometimes they can also try something different. Oh, no, no, no possible. So at the end, uh, I convinced three Italian, the three best Italian restaurants in London, at the end, uh, to pour my Prosecco like welcome in the dinner and in the lunch. And after six months, the importer started to call me because the people uh, tasted this Prosecco and fall in love with this and ask this Prosecco in the shops, in the other restaurant. And so the importer called me and I give uh, the Prosecco to an importer that uh, start this. And now, after uh, how many years? 30 years, okay. uh, uh, the, every four bottles of Prosecco, one is selling in UK. Really? Incredible. But for sure, I opened the door for a lot of uh, right. different Proseccos. You pioneered the category yes. for others. Yeah. What about same time in the United States, or was it a in, little later? In the United States, it was uh, um, a little bit later. was in 92, in which I started to sell in the United same States. Same thing, came across, really yes. walked it, bottles into restaurants? Yes, the first, the first, year, uh, the first year, we sell it... Uh, um, uh, 80 cases of uh, Prosecco <laughs> <laughs> was very difficult because everybody tell me, oh, it's difficult. The people don't know, don't know, don't know. But I know that the people like to try something new. Every, every time in our life, we love to try something that they didn't try before. And so the opportunity arrived, arrived also for the Prosecco. And so from this, we grown, we grown and grown. So and when, you, when you were in the States and even in London, and you were literally schlepping bottles of Prosecco to the restaurants, there, there were not many others, if any, doing the same for Prosecco. Not the way so we, the first taste of Prosecco that London and these restaurants in the States... London was me, and in the States it was me and other soup right. producers. So the good news is they got a taste of a superiori and a, the best example. Yes, they start with the superiori at the end. Uh, now uh, the major part uh, buy the, the, the basic Prosecco because it's less, less right. expensive. Right. But that also depends on the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. You know, a very good restaurant's going to have the exactly. superiori in a cheaper restaurant. I remember that when I went uh, in New York the first time, uh, I had three lunch and three dinner because my, my aim was to meet the best uh, sommelier of the city uh, to, to speak with them. So I have uh, three lunch and three dinner. I, I groan in my... <laughs> I'll, I'll give you credit. you for somebody who eats three lunches and three dinners, you're very trim. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's why your hair fell out. <laughs> who knows? Um, all right. So we talked about, you know, how you came through the uh, business and all that. Give me a little history of the winery and the family. You know, we talked that it went yes. back 1572. But, you know, who was responsible? What influence did your dad have, your grandfather? Yeah. But the, the winery have a long tradition, uh, it's 1542, uh, but gener generation by generation, the family buy a piece of land uh, in the highest and steepest uh, hills, uh, where is the best position for the Prosecco, Superiore. And uh, this uh, happened uh, every generation, but uh, there was uh, one generation that was the most difficult, was the generation of my grandfather. My, my grandfather, Jayo, was the 19th generation, and he lived during the two world war. Tough. In, 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 the, in the period in which the bomb destroyed a part of the winery, a lot of, a part of the, the vineyard. So he rebuilt everything. 
and uh, he was a very smart man. He was with his uh, Motoguzzi, red Motoguzzi around the hills, <laughs> and after rebuilding the winery, he also started to buy other land in the best uh, soils. And so he, he was determined yes. that the business, despite the war, exactly. would continue. Continue, and he, cho- he was the first in the history of the family to recognize uh, the different character of the glera from the different kind of soil in the hills. So it's thanks to him if now we are the only one winery that have a collection of five different Prosecco Superiore from five different kinds of soil. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Those are Cruz. Um, so kudos to him. That's J.O. and there's a, a wine named after him, which we'll talk about yes. in a minute. Um, all right, so we've been talking about the property in the hills, Baldabiani. Um, Tell me about how much property you have. Let's talk about your farming yes. practices. Yes. Um, I understand that you farm organically. Yes. Tell uh, me how and why. Yeah. We, we own now uh, 52 hectares. That is like uh, in acres is around uh, 130 acres. And uh, we own these, uh, 20, these 52 hectares hectares in uh, 20 plots uh, only in the hills and uh, we separate the, the different plots in terms of kind of soil this is why we can produce this uh, collection of five single soil and uh, we uh, work uh, all by hand no nothing is mechanic explain why because you have to I, we have to because the, the the inclination of the vineyard the steepness is too too high you can't no go machinery. inside with the machine so we spend more or less uh, 900 uh, hours uh, of handwork uh, per hectare, per year, when normally in a vineyard you need 70 hours with the machine. I was going to say, so for perspective, it's 90 versus 70. Yes, and so 12 times the work right. in, in, the, in the hills. And uh, we do... Uh, we don't. Uh, we don't. We try the, to do the um, different protocol that uh, uh, they create uh, in, for the organic system, like uh, uh, biodynamic and bio. But at the end, we didn't like to to have uh, a protocol that someone decide without no uh, our speci- spe- special uh, condition of uh, of terroir. So at the end, we met uh, Stefano Zaninotti, that is uh, a researcher that uh, uh, had uh, proposed us a very smart, uh, very interesting and uh, sustainable system because he speaks about the naturalism, that is a a method in which uh, you take care at uh, what happens every day in the vineyard. So you look uh, how many herbs are around the vines, uh, how many insects there are around the vines, how, ma- how, how big is the life underground where the roots go down in the, in the soil. So this, these three aspects are our most important thing to, to, to obtain the maximum biodiversity in our vineyard. So we, we measure every three months what, how many herbs, how many insects, how many life underground. And our aim is to increase this in the time. Right. If you use some system like uh, bio, for example, you have to use a lot of copper. And the copper is a toxic 
toxic uh, metal that go in underground Leaches and, and the uh, can uh, kill a lot of life underground. So we be very careful to what we do and we look at the effect of what we do. And uh, when our vines, uh, at the roots of our vines, uh, go underground and find a lot of vitality, they do the best. Right. And they create the best for our bunch of the grain. So you have no problem letting a grandkid run through the vineyards barefoot? Exactly. No pesticides, no. copper, all or, that. Or we use only what is perfect for growing the biodiversity. Right. That, that's the way to do it. Now, what about cellar practices? You know, that's, that's viticulture. Now let's talk about winemaking. First, give people an idea how Prosecco is made. I've had many champagne makers on, and they've walked us through the process of champagne. This is a different method. Yes. Um, so give us just a basic yes. you know, primer on yeah. how you make Prosecco. First of all, I'd like to underline the difference from the champagne. Please. Yeah, because uh, when we are speaking, where you think, where you, when you think about the sparkling wine, the bubbles, you are thinking about champagne, because champagne is the king of right. bubble. I love champagne. I'm one of the fan of champagne, of the small producer, the, 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 the good, the grand cru. But champagne is a method, is a kind of grape that uh, is... Uh, uh, the result is a, a style that is fantastic, is unique. And a lot of uh, winery around the world try to do the same method with the same grape, but in different area in the world. So it's like an imitation of the champagne. Method Pros- champenois. Champenois, yes. Prosecco is another thing. It don't have anything to connect with champagne. Not, not the method. It's a different method. Not the grape, because it's a different grape. So it's a different world. It's almost singular, the grape. Glera yes. is 85%, 85% plus. 85%. Of, right. And uh, it's an aromatic grape. The method uh, is a second fermentation natural, like the champagne, but not in the bottle, but in a tank. It's still tank. Why? Not for saving, uh, not for saving, but because it's the only way to preserve the original flavor of the grape. If you do champenois method with the Prosecco, and we do only for sure what happened, you lose a little bit of, of the, the original flavor because the, the flavor of the yeast bring the place of the original flavor. So, so the, the characteristics of champagne, that doughy, yeasty brioche, yes. that's because it's left in the bottle. In the bottle the and, the, and the big contact of the yeast with the, 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 the wine, the sparkling wine that transformed. In the Prosecco, we don't want this, so we use a tank, a steel tank, uh, in which the surface of the yeast is not big like in a single bottle, and so we preserve the original flavor from this. But the fermentation is the same. is the is a natural fermentation, but uh, uh, the only difference is that we don't want for the prosecco superiore and for the prosecco we don't want to bring the flavor of the yeast. So we separate after two right. months when the natural fermentation finish. For the champagne. And all the sparkling wine that uh, we use the same system in the world, they don't separate the, the, the yeast from the sparkling wine after two months when finished the fermentation, but they live 
for nine months, two years, three years, ten years, because they want they want to bring the flavor of the East. So, so the two prominent and obvious things are the grape, Glera versus Chardonnay, Meunier, Noir, yeah. and the second fermentation, right? Yes. Bottle versus steel tanks. Now, there's a term in champagne, dosage, which is the addition of sugar. How yes. does that apply to uh, Prosecco? Yeah. For the champagne, you know that uh, the fermentation finishes uh, totally. For the Prosecco, thanks to the fact that we have the second fermentation in the steel tank, we can also uh, control the temperature of the fermentation and we can stop the fermentation with the cold temperature. Around the steel tank, there are fridge uh, cooling units cooling that uh, uh, go down with the temperature in 12 hours from uh, 18 degrees, from 15 degrees to zero degree and the, the yeast stop to ferment and remain a little bit of uh, the sugar residual. Ah. This is in the second fermentation. Right, which champagne does not do. No, they, they can't stop the fermentation right. because it's in every single bottle. Right, T- totally different in that sense. Um, you can't make champagne outside of champagne. You could call it method champenoise. Can you make Prosecco outside of Prosecco? Not now because... Uh, from uh, 2009, thanks to our uh, president, uh, Luca Zaya, that is the president of, of our region, that in this period was also the minister of agriculture in Italy, uh, we, we start in 2008 and finish in 2009 a process to, bl- to close the door in, of the, 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 the border in which you can fo- plant the Prosecco. So thanks to this uh, idea, we uh, protect the original Prosecco. For sure, and at this time, there was also Prosecco planted outside the original area of Valdobbiadene, Conegliano and Asolo. So we have to take, uh, to, to decide to, to also to, to close inside this new uh, terroir. But the border of the original area is the same of uh, 1969 when ah. was born the, the, the denomination. So inside uh, this area, there are more vineyards, but the border was the same. And the new area that uh, closed the door from uh, expand Prosecco uh, in other region or uh, abroad uh, is a uh, a big area from Veneto to Friuli, okay. in which now there are more or less uh, 25,000 hectares of Prosecco DOC that uh, uh, are uh, with the 10,000 hectares of Prosecco Superiore, di Valdobbiadene, Conegliano and Asolo. So everything you just mentioned, as long as it's made in that area, is Prosecco. Anything outside of those designated regions, you cannot call it Prosecco. No, you can't call it Prosecco, yes. Okay. A maximum, there is some region in which you can plant Glera and use like right. uh, Glera, but uh, you can't call it Prosecco. Right. Um, we're talking to Jean-Luca Bizol. Jean-Luca is a uh, 21st generation winemaker from the Bizol Superior family. Um, Jean-Luca, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I have a couple of more questions, and then I want to specifically get into your Proseccos, and let's talk about these plots and the soils and the single vineyard plantings and all of that. You're listening to The Grape Nation. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe, taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Tickets available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. All right, we're back. We're back with my guest, Jean-Luca Bizol from Bizol 1542, Prosecco Superiore. Um, before we uh, get into uh, the Bizol Proseccos, I had one more question. And you may have answered this, but you're going to have to be a little more specific. What's the difference between Cru Prosecco and Prosecco? Hmm. Is it the hills and the flood? How do you determine that? So if you think of the world of Prosecco, you have to think like a pyramid. In the, in the base of the pyramid, there is the Prosecco du Cid in the flat area of Veneto and Friuli. And uh, in the top of the pyramid, there is the Prosecco Superiore. In the very top of the pyramid, there is a small, small area that is called Cartizia, that is the best hill of the, of the Prosecco. Isn't that part of Bizol? Yes. We own uh, the vineyard of Cartizia in the top of the hill since 1540. How big is it? It's two hectares. That's it? Two hectares. So that, our, our that is, that's yeah. the top of the game. That's yeah, the best the Cartizia. Best, the best of the best. And How we long own, uh, has it been in the family? Uh, from 1542. Oh, so yes, from, from it's uh, not something you acquired. No, it was no, something. No, uh, yeah, and uh, this is uh, the highest part of the hill. The total hill of Cartizia is 107 hectares, and we own two hectares in the top of the hill. Very nice. So inside the Prosecco Superiore, that is uh, uh, the, the highest quad category of Prosecco before the Cartizia, uh, you can find uh, around uh, 10,000 10, hectares in which... Uh, there is a selection of uh, Rive. Rive is considered the best places in the area. So you can find 43 Rive. Uh, and the Rive is the name of the small town, the small village inside the area. So when you speak about Prosecco Superiore, you have also the opportunity to go in, in, inside the Prosecco Superiore to find uh, the best places inside the Prosecco Superiore. Interesting. And we do this uh, with our vineyard. So let's talk about the Bizol Proseccos. You make, I don't know how many, 12, 15 different 
types of Proseccos? We, we do uh, seven types of Prosecco. So you have a classic range, you make yeah. single vineyard, exactly. you make we, some specialty? Yes. We, we have uh, the Chu Jeo that is dedicated to my grandfather, that is a cuvee. Jeo uh, is J-E-I-O. Exactly. That's your grandfather's yeah, the first name. Yes, the name of my grandfather, yes. Isn't Jeo a little different than the other ones? Or Yes, because Jeo is a cuvee of three soil, three hills with three kinds of soil, sand soil, clay soil, and morenic soil. Together, these three soil was the best soil for my grandfather. So we dedicate to him to celebrate his uh, uh, 100 years from the born. So the blend it's is a tribute to a tribute what he to thought him. was. Yes, he was the man that decided to, in our winery, in our vineyard, to separate these five different kinds of soil. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I read somewhere. Geo is no sulfur or no added? No, no. Or? no, no. Is, uh, there is a, a small added of sulfur. But, but it's a low sulfur. Very low sulfur. Okay. All our Prosecco is a very low sulfur okay. because uh, we work uh, to obtain a, a very good uh, uh, quality in the vineyard, so we don't need a lot of right. sulfur. Um, that's because the climate yes. gives you the opportunity the to not have to intervene. The climate and the small quantity per hectare. Right. Also. Right. So you have J.O. Um, then tell me about the other bottling. The other, the other five Prosecco are <coughs> five Prosecco Superiore that uh, represent five different kinds of soil. So we have Crede that is from clay soil. So give uh, uh, the, the wine more body. And um, in, in, this, uh, in this kind of, of uh, Crede, soil. Crede, C-R-E-D-E. Exactly. And that's considered a single vineyard. Single vineyard, not, not single vineyard, not single, single soil. Single soil, single right. soil, right. clay soil. And thanks to this soil, we obtain from the Prosecco Superiore more floral flavor. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we have the the Relio, that is a morenic soil, and morenic soil give more minerality to the same kind of grape. R-E-L-L-O? As R-E-L-I-O. L-I-O, Relio. Relio, right. yes. That was the name of my, gra- my okay. uncle. And uh, in this, uh, you, we obtain a, a Prosecco Superiore that is more integral, more masculine, more mineral. Very interesting, the difference. Another one is a calcareous soil that is a Molera. Molera, molera is more rich of uh, flavor of fruit, fruit flavor. And uh, also M-O-L-E-R-A, Molera? M-O-L-E-R-A. Molera. Exactly. Okay. And another one is uh, Campea. Campea is from Marne soil. And this uh, creates a very interesting mix from floral to to fruit taste. Uh, So if there's a style that you like within one... Of this soil? Well, within one huge hillside, you can pick the style that you like. Yes. Whether it's Crede, Relio. Crede, Relio, Molera. Now, those are what? The classic? What do you, the single, how do you designate what we just talked about? Prosecco Superiore. Superiore. Okay, now, all right, so what else? Geo? Geo. Those individual soil. Geo Brut and Geo Extra Dry. Okay. That is a cuvee of three kinds of soil. Single soil crede, 
that is a clay soil, single soil molera, that is a calcareous soil, single soil uh, camper, that is a marn soil, single soil relio, that is a morenic soil, and single soil cartizze, that is a sand soil, the best soil in the area, in the, the only hill in which you can leave uh, right. the grape 10 days more without losing acidity. Ah. And this helps a lot to, to obtain the maximum effect from the original flavor. All right, and then do you make specialty? Are there other? Yes, there is one very interesting specialty that is the private cartizze. Private cartizze is a, a traditional method, not Martinotti. Is the method in which we show what happens if we use the method the of champagne. champagne. Yeah. And you make it, that every year? Or? No, not every year, but only in some here, some best uh, harvest. And we go to choice the best grape of the Cartizza Hill. So what do you think? I mean, do you, do you like the method Champenois for the Glera grape? Is it Glera or you use other grapes? Uh, we use Glera. Okay. Well, all, so tell me Glera. if you did a side-by-side by your favorite. Yes. Bottling and the Cartiza, the special one. Yeah. For finding this uh, proportion of, um, of uh, influence from the original flavor of the grape and the influence of the yeast, we have to, to try many, many uh, different uh, time, timing of uh, contact of the yeast in the bottle. At the end, we decided that 21 month is the perfect timing okay. for don't lose the original flavor and to obtain also the, the yeast flavor. This is a very intriguante uh, expression of the Prosecco. You, you can't go by champagne because it's either Chardonnay or Pinot Noir. You had to experiment yeah. with Glera. So what would you say, 21 months? 21 months, yes. Interesting. Um, zero, zero sugar residual. All right, one last thing. What's the perfect temperature to serve Prosecco and what type of glass? Champagne, the answer, used to be a flute, no more. People used to serve it too cold. What's the best way to enjoy Prosecco and in what kind of glass? Okay, it depends uh, in which season, for my opinion. Okay. In, in summer, I prefer a little bit colder uh, because after in the glass become cold, hot, a uh, little bit Fair. Cold. And uh, also, mm, if it's a good Prosecco, you don't need to go to be too cold. If it's a normal Prosecco, it's better that it's cold because it's not very... Right, the flavor comes out if it's not that cold. But if you have a Prosecco like Bisol, I suggest uh, eight... uh, Eight... uh, Eight Celsius. Right. And what type of glass? Not a flute, right? Not a flute. I prefer the... White wine glass is fine? Exactly, because uh, you can uh, enjoy better the, the, the original flavor and... In the mouth. Got it. All right. A couple more things, and then we got to wrap up. I ask all my guests to answer uh, our wine list. It's five questions. You don't. You didn't know what the questions are. Spontaneous. Don't dwell on the answers. These are your preferences. So the first question is, what are you drinking now? What are you experimenting with? What's on the table? What's in your fridge? What are you drinking other than uh, your wines? Yeah, I love to. I love the the wines from volcanic soil. Okay. Yes, uh, I think that volcanic soil will be the next uh, trend, one of the next trend, because uh, the wines from volcanic soil are very rich in minerality, 
and uh, like very long. Uh, they have a longevity. And there so is also, some volcanic soil up by you in the northeast, right? In, in northeast of Italy, in, uh, one hour from Venice, there is uh, an area that is called Colliugani, in which I invest have, in right. a winery uh, because uh, I, I love this kind of soil and the, the autochthon vine of this area. So there are white wines like yellow muscat that... Uh, Thanks to this kind of soil, uh, create a, a very interesting and unique complexity in minerality and longevity. Does does that mean you like Sicilian wines too? Mm, Not as much. Yeah, I love uh, Aeolian Aeolian uh, okay. wine, wine. Yes. All right. All right. Good one on that. Um, tell me about a favorite wine restaurant or bar. For me? Yeah. Let's say around the vineyard. I would say New York, but you're not in New York that much. If somebody was visiting the area, who does wine well? They know they know the wine. They have a great selection. It's a nice place. Yeah, in in our area, there is a wonderful wonderful restaurant in general. But uh, one of the best for the wine is Gigetto Restaurant. And Spell for me. G I G E double T. Oh, Gigetto. Gigetto. Okay. And uh, Lino. L-I-N-O. Lino. These two restaurants have a wonderful um, uh, wine, wine list, list. Uh, and the wine cellar underground at the, the restaurant. You can't imagine how many bottles and how beautiful it is to see this. And the, the cuisine of this restaurant is uh, incredible, very high quality, and you can match nice. this incredible That's wine. exactly what I was looking for. Um, I tell my listeners, I post all these answers on social media. So everything you tell me, I'm going to put out there. Um, I skipped the question. This is usually the second question. Do you have a favorite wine and food pairing? Is there something, not, not that you eat every night or even every month, but something that you, when you open this bottle of wine with this food? Oh, uh, I'm, uh, I, I, I have a, a, um, I realize something that uh, is unique and uh, That's okay. is, is uh, uh, my preferred wine is a wine that I produce, but is uh, a different one. Is uh, in an island in Venice, in which I discovered in 2001 a local autochton variety, and uh, I rebuild this whole tradition in the island of Venice, in the islands of Venice, in which uh, the soil is incredible because it's uh, an incredible mix of sand, lime. Um, What's the grape? What's the wine? The, the local grape that I found in 2001 is uh, Dorona. Dorona, D-O-R-O-N-A, exactly. Dorona. And uh, it was an autochthon grape that uh, I found only three vines in an island and other 85 vines in other islands. And I rebuilt uh, this tradition and I made uh, this uh, one hectare vineyard in the island. And uh, in front of the vineyard, I rebuilt a restaurant, I rebuilt the houses and uh, I started a restaurant that now I have a Starmish land. So nice. when I go there, I love to drink this wine. It is a white wine, very rich because it's really four years after the harvest. It's still white wine, ne- never to compare to other kind of wine. It's very rich, very a lot of body. Mm. Uh, if you close the eyes and you drink this wine, it seems to be a, a, a red wine, but it's a ah, white wine. It's got that kind of body. Yes, and uh, I used to drink this with moike. It is a local uh, crab. What's uh, it called? Moike in Venice. Moike is a fried uh, local crab. So the crab and Dorona. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's a first for this show. All right, um, two more questions. 
do you have in all your travels and all the family being in wine, you know, being all over the world, do you have a favorite all-time wine? Is there a wine that is important to you or you tasted it and fell in love? Can you remember a yeah. wine or two? Yes. Uh, there are uh, more than one, but... Uh, That's okay. Give yeah. me a couple. Yeah, okay. Uh, when I find uh, Bourgogne, uh, all the white uh, wines from Bourgogne, I bring the bottle because I love the evolution of the white wines. Ah, For okay. me, a white wine that have a structure and body and is a, the best, uh, the best uh, evolution for the wine. It's, Anything uh, particular? It, uh, uh, yeah, Domaine Le Fleuve. Le Fleuve? Okay, you got good taste. Um, you said there was more than one. What else? The other one is uh, the king of the bubble for me is Celos. Uh, Celos is a time, truly a master. Every time that I, 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 I can't agree with you. I more. know him uh, when uh, from 30 years. All right, those are good ones. Um, I usually ask my guests recommend the best wines for around fifteen twenty dollars US. But I, what I want to ask you is within the Bizol line. Where is the best value? If somebody wants to go entry. In the Bizol yeah. production? Which for, which, which for me is the Crede. Crede, Crede. is the best, uh, the best quality value uh, proportion. Price-wise too, quality to value. Exactly. Okay, so that's the Crede. All right, good job on that. All right, listen, we have to get you out of here, but before we go, we have a segment called the Weekly Wine Sip, where we taste and evaluate a wine yes. on air. This was a great opportunity uh, for you to bring in a wine. So tell me what you brought in, and then let's just give it a quick taste. I have in my hand uh, a bottle of Credit. It is, uh, so you brought the Credit. Yes, Credit is, uh, uh, you know, a single soil, clay soil. Uh, in and what were the characteristics of the Crede? Yeah. What do you get from that mineral or? No, it's more floral. Floral. More okay. floral. On the nose and the palate? Yes, in the nose, as you can taste. All right, so let's let's start. So it's a very pale yellow, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Does that vary vintage to vintage or this is usually the color? Is uh, is the usually the color because okay. we do the cryo maceration, so we we leave the grape, the skin of the of the grape uh, with the the juice for fourteen hours. All right, the, tell me what you get on the nose. Yeah, I, you can find white flower, you can find mm -hmm. the rose flavor. Yes, subtle. You yes, you can find apple flavor, you can find. Pear flavor, mm. and also some tropical food like as a fruit, like uh, leeches. Yes, a little exotic. Now the mouth feel, typical of a prosecco, a little lighter, a little heavier. I mean, how would you? In the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. The mouth is rich because um, for a prosecco, this is a, a lot of body. Yes. Thanks to the kind of soil, thanks to the position very steep in the hills of Baldobiadre. This is a prosecco superiore that bring from the soil a lot of body and a long, long taste when you... Yes, the finish is very finish long. very long and very dry because it's the lowest uh, sugar residual in the bottle. It's only seven grams of sugar residual. So this is a very dry Prosecco. Very dry Prosecco. Yeah, I mean, you can you feel You can that. drink this with oysters. Well, I was going to ask you that in a second, but tell me about the palate. Does the palate replicate the nose or what else do we get on the palate? The palate... Uh, mm. Mm. In the palate, you have uh, a lot of fruit taste. 
he seems to, to have a, a apple in the in the mouth yes. and the, and a beer and the peach mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. He's creamy, uh, despite the the, the the low the low sugar is little, but it's creamy. It's also. very creamy. Creamy, long and uh, it's invite you to have another another. Right. So now, what's the perfect food pairing for this particular wine? For this particular wine, the fish is perfect. Fish. Oysters, oysters is fantastic. You can enjoy a lot of this uh, Prosecco Superiore. You don't need champagne. You could drink yeah. a creed. It would you go great with more. it. What else? Fish? A fish, for in general, uh, sea bass. Uh, a nice, uh, white, delicate fish? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Fish. All right, so that is the um, Bizol um, Creed. And that is a Prosecco Superiore, right? Prosecco Superiore okay. of Valdobbiadre. And like I said, I will post uh, the wine list answers, and I will also post the uh, the creed that we drank, so our listeners, you know, can look for it. Um, Gianluca, we're going to wrap up. Let me just uh, do a little ending here, and I'll set you on your way. If you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's samatthegrapenation.com. Subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Facebook, at The Grape Nation, on Instagram, S. Ben Ruby, on Twitter, Ben Ruby, and always use the hashtag The Grape Nation on both. Uh, as I mentioned before, we will post Jean-Luc's wine list answers, some good recommendations there. I will uh, list the wine that we drank for our weekly wine sip. Jean-Luc, if we want more information on Bizol, yes, where can we go? Uh, you, to you, a website? You, yes, you can see in the website www.bizol.it. B-I-S-O-L. B-I-S-O-L. That it okay. And, what uh, about social media? Social media, you can follow Bizol in Instagram and in Facebook, and also my personal profile, John Luca Bizol, G-I-N-L-U-C-A. in Instagram, in right. Instagram. So and look for also that. Also in the other winery in which uh, I have, uh, like in Venice, you can see www.venissa.it. This B E N I S A. Or for the volcanic area, www.maeliwine.com. Okay. I will uh, post that too so everybody gets it. Ironically, finally on a bubbly note, this week in New York is La Fête de Champagne. Um, over 30 producers are coming in. My friend uh, Daniel Jonas is bringing La Fête de Champagne to uh, New York November 7th through the 9th, which is this coming weekend. He'll feature over 30 of the greatest champagnes poured by the producers themselves. There'll be seminars, lunches, and dinners. Um, there's a first press package for first-timers. Go to www.lafettedouchampagne.com. That's L-A-F-E-T-E. D-U-C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E.com. Um, I want to thank my guest. Thank you. Jean-Luca Bizol. Thank our engineer, Jeet, and everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. 
connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.